Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey guys, what's up? This is Johnny. Welcome to episode 61 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with Sean Lee from One Minute a Day. Hey, buddy. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Sean has a really cool YouTube channel where he basically just makes one-minute videos literally every single day. And I, you know what? I wanted to have him on this podcast because a lot of people think, how do you make money from a YouTube channel? Um, and this is, this is the guy to talk to. So thank you for coming. Oh, yeah, it's great. I think it's great connecting with other four-hour workweek people here in Chiang Mai, and I'm uh, excited to be on your show. Yeah, I noticed that you had the four-hour workweek tagline on your, on your bio. How did you kind of get involved with that? Well, I'd heard about it over and over, but it was uh, summer of 2012 where I was finally like, all right, what is this all about? You know, it sounds too good to be true. Mm -hmm. So I actually just read the book. Before I can criticize it or critique it, I should at least read it. Mm -hmm. So I read it in the summer of 2012, and it just, it had me hooked in the first few pages, like I think it does for most people. Mm -hmm. And I just implemented it. I mean, it, I just implemented it by the book. It worked for me, and I had such good results that I want to help share that with other people. So, for like for for me and a lot of people, we read the book and then didn't do anything with it. For <laughs> I think for me, I had to read it like two or three times before I was like, okay, let me actually do one of the sections. And I remember the first section I did was elimination, where I was like, you know what, maybe I should cancel my Netflix membership. Maybe I should cancel this cable bill that I don't actually use. For you, did you just jump straight in, or did you do like a part of it first? Yeah, I jumped straight in and I did it basically in order. I think I was different from most people because I actually, I already had a business. I already had something that I'd created and was making a little bit of money. It was like a hundred bucks a month. So I didn't have to think about, well, what am I going to do or what's my idea? I already had something to work on. So I did it in order, D-E-A-L, as the and book described. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What was that business you had? It was HD Piano and that is what I'm living off of now. But back then... I had the idea that most people have is that I want to run my own business and I sort of prided myself that I did everything. I recorded the lessons, I edited them, I managed the website, I did everything and it was like a point of pride for me. But mm -hmm. I was making a hundred bucks a month. Nice. <laughs> so the book taught me that I don't want to run my own business, I want to mm -hmm. own my own business. And so like you said, I followed the steps of elimination, automation and liberation is where I'm at now. I think, all right, so what I actually liked about you the most and the reason why instantly I was, I was like, you know, I want him on the show was I was watching your one minute a day YouTube videos and I'll have a link to it, but it's just one MIN a day mm -hmm. on YouTube. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is cool, you know? And then you had a video about how you make, what was the title of it? It was how I made 25 grand last month or something like and that. And I was reading, and you know, I would say nine times out of 10 when you click one of those things, it, it's not gonna teach you anything. It's kind of like, this, you know, it's something that you might not want to do. But when I watched this video, I was like, that makes complete sense. <laughs> and this guy is a, a legit guy. So the actual site is hdpiano.com. Uh, com, and you can, you can look at the videos on YouTube. Can you tell us how that actually works? Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, the basic piano lessons where we have an instructor teaching. We have the real instructor's hands on the bottom so you can see exactly what they're playing. And the keys light up so you can see exactly what notes they're playing. And then the top half of the screen is like a guitar hero or rock band mm -hmm. looking thing. It's like a game. It shows the notes coming down. So that's the actual video that people watch. 
and the business model is like a freemium model. So mm -hmm. we have all we have hundreds of free videos available on YouTube where they can learn parts of songs or different sections. But if they want to learn the full song and access all of our videos, they come to the site, they pay us an annual subscription fee. I really like the freemium model because I think we're just so used to getting so much stuff free that we just don't like paying for things anymore, especially if it's something that we don't know if it's going to work or not or if we're going to use it or not. So, you know, I don't play the piano. I have a piano here, but I grew up actually with a piano in my room and in the living room, never learned to play it because just as a kid, it just wasn't my interest and it was just, it was too stressful, too complicated. But I think that if I grew up in this generation, you know, where YouTube's so readily available and things like HD piano are there. I would think of it as like a Guitar Hero type game and I'll be like, oh, let me, let me try this out. And obviously, if, if you get hooked on it, then you're happy to pay for it. Yeah, I think so. You didn't play because you didn't have HD piano. And yeah, you know what? I mean, it sounds like a, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's true because back, you know, back in the day when I, when I grew up, you know, 200 years ago, it was, you know, it was like if you want to learn piano, you have this old person come over every Tuesday you know, afternoon when you want to be out playing and you want to be, you know, doing something else and you're forced to sit there, you know, and they like someone's looking over your shoulder trying to, you know, show you how to play and it's confusing and you only have an hour, but it feels like five hours and you hate it and you just don't want to do it. Yeah, no one wants that. But with something like this, you're like, okay, I can do it on my own time. I can treat it like almost like a video game. Right. And then, you know, I can kind of pick and choose what songs I even want to play, right? Definitely, yeah. All of our users, they're mostly between like 13 and 30. They just want to learn a quick song, Bruno Mars or whatever, just to impress a girl usually. And they just do that in the comfort of their own home without having some creepy guy come over. <laughs> so how many subscribers do you have now? On the YouTube channel, we're almost at a quarter million. Okay. Almost 250,000. paid subscribers? Paid subscribers, I don't check that often enough. Uh, we are getting about almost 600 new signups a month. Wow. So and, I don't know what the total is. And now. your monthly like membership fee is? 60 bucks. 60 bucks. Yeah, so, so we did just over 30,000 last month. That's crazy. Yeah. And okay, so you're no longer actually <laughs> recording these videos and no, teaching. I'm, not, I'm totally out of the day to day. You're not traveling with the piano. No, I'm not. Uh, that's actually the other thing I wanted to, to talk to you about is this minimalism lifestyle that, yeah. that you're living. You know, I mean, how much luggage are you traveling with now? I just have two backpacks. Yeah, you know, a, a backpacker's bag and then like a day pack. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do travel with my bike, so that goes into a bike box. That's my check-in bag, but very minimalist. But anywhere I go, I spend 100 bucks and I get a guitar. I don't get a keyboard or a mm -hmm. piano, but I'll get a guitar and at the end I'll sell it or give it to someone. But I got to have some kind of musical thing. It's a, you know, it's part of the four-hour work week. There's a settling fund. Yeah. When you get somewhere, you got to buy a guitar or whatever else, this and that. So I do uh, splurge on that, but I travel very light. You know, that actually is a very good point. Where a lot of people, the, one of the reasons why they don't want to travel is they're like, you know, I like my my necessities, my passions. You know, um, like fortunately for me, there's not that many things that I really need when I travel. But some things I like to have is like a blender. Sure. And I don't want to travel with a blender, no way. <laughs> but I can buy one for 20 or 30 bucks and afterwards I give it, you know, give it away to someone. They're happy. You know, I actually leave blenders at co-working spaces pretty often. Yeah. And it's kind of, and then it's, it's like, it's almost like giving back. I actually left a USB mic at pun space, the co-working space, um, just because it was bulky and I got a new mic. I'm like, well, you know, let me just leave this with a sign on it to say free to use. I, oh, I saw that mic. Did you? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, that's always so good, you know. It's a blender or a guitar should never stop you from traveling somewhere. And you're right, it is great to, to give back and lighten your load than when you go to the next place. So a $100 guitar, how, how decent is that? I mean, it's got six strings and it, it, it okay. sounds like a guitar. But yeah, it's not going to be like the guitar that you'd put in your home and hang on the wall. But mm -hmm. it gets the job done. 
But if someone's like, let's say, I don't know, who's a good guitarist, like Lenny Kravitz, or, I don't know if he's good or not, <laughs> yeah. but if someone's a really good guitarist, can they play that and make it sound good? Oh, for sure, yeah. Just okay. like Tiger Woods would beat you at golf with a $100 set of clubs, right? It's it's not so much the uh, the tool as it is the actual person using it. All right, so my next question is for the bike. Yeah. If you go and buy, let's say, a cheap $60, $100 bike, would that be okay for you or would, would you just hate that? Yeah, for me, the bike, you know, that's why I do travel with my bike because I, I want my nice, high-quality road bike wherever I go. I know it can ride up the mountain here. It's it's reliable, good components, lifetime warranty. So I did spend a good amount of money to get a good Trek road bike, and that's worth taking with me because if I come here and I want to rent a bike like that, it'd be 50 bucks a day mm-hmm. to have a decent bike. So that is the one thing that's important enough to me that it's worth, you know, taking apart and lugging around. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So I guess, you know, if you guys are thinking about traveling and you have something that you have to need, just ask yourself, is this something I can buy for a hundred bucks and be decent with? You know, it doesn't have to be the best in the world, but just be like, okay, I'm decently happy. Or is it something that you have to carry with you? And, you know, usually you only need one of those things. You don't need, you know, let's say for example, I'm sure you'd rather have a piano than a bike. I mean, than a um, or, guitar or guitar. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good alternative, right? Yeah. And there's places I can go around here, hotel lobbies or different places where I could play piano. And I can go without a guitar for as long as I want, but you know, I treat myself every once in a while. But when I first started this minimalist lifestyle, I didn't have a bike and I didn't get a guitar when I went somewhere. I was much leaner, but I think I'm getting closer to the point where I might want to plant some roots a little bit. So I'm, you know, picking up a little bit more things here and there, but still trying to stay lean enough to pick up and go. I remember, okay, so. In my first book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, I talk about my packing list and I actually upload my packing list every year when I, when I come to Thailand and it's been five years now. And if you watch the old videos, it's me packing like three shirts and saying, okay, this is a quick dry North Face shirt. You know, this is all you'll need. You know, <laughs> I was the type that was like, you know, if you're going to get shorts, don't, you know, don't bring any cotton shorts, only have like Columbia quick dry camping shorts. And I was so minimalistic that I realized you know, I'm here for six months at a time. You know, clothes wear out in six months anyways. I might as well just buy someone and get here. And then when I leave, just get rid of it. And, you know, thanks to like stores like <clears throat> Uniqlo or, you know, these places you can get a V-neck for seven bucks or 10 bucks, you might as well just have a normal life and not look like you're going on a safari <laughs> right. when you're living in a city. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's easy enough to just pick stuff up when you go. But yeah, when you pack, you don't need a lot. I like that a lot. I have one of those packing videos too. I have a video where I show everything that I own Mm. in a minute video. I think it's called Four Hour Work Week and Vagabonding Packing List or something like that. We can definitely have a link to that below. Um, And it's also cool kind of seeing the, I don't know, I I guess the the history of how we evolve. And what's nice is not everyone's going to be in the same place. You know, like let's say someone is, this is their very, very first trip and they want to see 10 countries in the next three months. I personally wouldn't recommend that now because I'd rather see, you know, a couple countries really, really well, or even one city really well in the next three months. But I understand that if it's your first trip and you're like, I want to do as much as I can because this might be the, my my once in a lifetime opportunity to go to Southeast Asia, which it isn't, by the way. Right. Uh, then you know, I would say then you would pack differently. But and that's why it's nice that we had those old videos up, we had the old book up. So if that's where you are now, that's where you can follow. Yeah. But then if you're the type you're like, you know what, let me just follow it correctly and end up with the end result, <clears throat> then you can follow the current stuff. Kind of like how you did with the four-hour work week. Yeah, I think we're on the same page now. I, I don't like to do that sort of binge traveling anymore, like too many places in too short of a time. I like to 
live like the locals when I go somewhere and really take it in. I nowadays I like to spend you know minimum of a month or two in a place. That's what I was surprised. So when when we were doing this interview, I was I think when we scheduled, it, I was still in South Africa, <laughs> and then we had scheduled it for a couple of days ago, and I forgot that I was going to go camping. Well, that was like a last minute trip. So sorry about that. No worries. And I just assumed you were already here for a few days. So I'm like, oh, I need I need to squeeze you you know your interview in. And when you sat down, you're like, oh yeah, I'm for two, here for two months. <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, that was a, a big shock. But yeah. what makes you come for a couple of months at a time versus just traveling through? Because like when I get somewhere, I like to settle in and feel like you know I get to meet people and make friends and really learn the area. You know, I'd done the binge traveling in the past where you just like hear someone for two days, three nights, or whatever, and then you go to the next, and it's you know you're just somewhere long enough to take a picture and then go just to cross it off your list, but you don't really get to experience it. You know, now I like to stay. I don't stay in hotels. I use Airbnb or I get long-term condos, and I live like the locals and I get the real, true experience. So when I'm you know, 80 years old, and someone asked me, well, what, what's Chiang Mai like? Mm-hmm. I can really say what Chiang Mai is like, not, oh, I went there and took a picture at the palace. Yeah, know? definitely. I actually watched the video of you giving a tour of your your condo or mm-hmm. your apartment, which is ironically like half a block from, from where <laughs> right. I live. Uh, I remember when you showed the, the view of your, of your place, and I was like, pretty sure that's the building right next to me. Yeah, right. And then, so, how did you find that place? How much are you paying for it? Yeah, I found that on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. That's a great, uh, you know, B&B is like bed and breakfast. Airbnb, it's like uh, people can rent out anything from a spare couch to a spare room to their whole place. And so I've been using that for over two years mm-hmm. to find places in any city. Because when you stay in a hotel, you're just surrounded by tourists and people treat you like a tourist. But when you get a place on Airbnb, you live like the locals you live in a neighborhood with other locals mm-hmm. and sometimes you even stay with a host or other people that can give you tips so i found on airbnb the list price was around a thousand dollars a month okay but i talked to him and said hey you know if i do two months can you negotiate it down he gave me a price i came back so i got it for 500 a month wow 500 a month for a two-bedroom fully furnished apartment in what we believe is the best part of town it, it is the best part of town yeah. i mean hands down i mean it's the area where you can walk to everything uh, it's you know very central, but it's also not a super touristy area. But you can get to the touristy areas within a few minutes if you you know want to just hang out and have a beer or something. Which I don't drink, but you know I understand if you're on vacation, you're like okay, I want to go party it up or I want to go do some touristy stuff. I want to meet some backpackers. You're a few minutes away, mm. but if you want to live like a local, you're also just in that neighborhood. So nice. that's the kind of like the Neiman Heyman area, which which I I recommend and I live in. Nice. Sober Brothers. I haven't had a drop since December of uh, 2013. Wow, so very nice. Actually, so I am completely sober when I'm living, but I do have one agreement I made with myself where if I go to a country that is extremely famous for a certain food dish or a certain alcohol, I will have it. Okay. So I just got back from South Africa and... It, you know they're so famous for their wine and even though I don't you know I probably didn't have a drop of alcohol for a year before that I was like you know what I'm in South Africa I'm on a winery I'm gonna taste it for sure yeah you know I, I would I would allow myself that too but I just my, my days of getting drunk and being hungover are just over so <laughs> you know the other reason why I, I don't drink is because I have I don't have those hangover days on weekends anymore oh, so I really enjoy my weekend oh now. yeah I can't even imagine going back to that there's no way I could do a four hour work week if I was going to be hungover every Saturday and Sunday there's no way alright so back to the four hour work week how many hours a week do you actually work so HD piano is my four hour work week it's my muse mm-hmm. and I literally work four hours a week on that 
that literally four hours a week is all I need to make sure that's still running and growing and paying all the bills and then some. But uh, you mentioned my YouTube channel, One Minute Day. Mm-hmm. That's not Muse status. That is my hobby. That's my passion. That's my creative outlet. And I spend sometimes two, three, four hours a day just working on that because that's my passion. But strictly working on my Muse, literally four-hour work week. I like that a lot. Yeah. And you know, you asked me earlier about a travel like a boss or 12 weeks in Thailand. You're like, you know, is that your main source of income? And I'm like, no, almost none of it. I mean, I'm sure a couple hundred bucks a month comes from it, mm. just indirectly. But it's not at all my, my income. But it's what I love doing. Yeah. You know, and like doing this podcast, for example, it does so much more indirectly where it gives me an excuse to sit down with entrepreneurs or people traveling like yourself and talk to you for an hour and pick your brain. Mm. And, you know, while otherwise <clears throat> there's a chance we still might have met up or still might have you know, bumped into each other. But even friends I've had for months, I never really sat down with them and be like, oh, you know, how, how, how does your business actually work? How, how do you actually make money? So with the Travel Like a Boss, it's, it's completely a passion project, just like your one minute a day. Mm. <clears throat> it somehow pays me indirectly for my time. For sure. <clears throat> but it's one of those things that even if I wasn't ever going to make a penny from it, I'd still do. And, I'm, and I, I'm feeling you the same way with one minute a day. Yeah, I think that's what the whole point of the four-hour work week is not to be idle the rest of your week. The whole point of the four-hour work week is to enable you to do all the things that you truly want to do. And that for you, that's travel like a boss. For me, it's one minute a day and, and all the other things that we do. So the actual one minute a day videos, I, I just saw your, your camera. Um, what, what is it again? This is a Canon G7X. It's like the uh, Canon's top-of-the-line pocket camera. And it looks really cool. And it actually fits in a pocket. Yeah. So this is recommended by like Casey Nistat, Roman Atwood, Mr. Ben Brown. A lot of the top YouTubers, they use this as their vlogging camera because you can actually carry it around, use it, and you get near DSLR quality where you wouldn't carry a DSLR around all day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so you just kind of you know go about your day and whatever something interesting happens, you make a 15-second clip or something. Yeah, and at the day, end of the day, I put it all together. It's like a you know Snapchat. It's like mm-hmm. a Snapchat story except I actually edit it and, and put it together. And what do you edit it in? I use Adobe Premiere for all oh, wow, my editing. Okay. Yeah, but you could—I mean, for for those type of videos, you can use anything. So if someone was wanted to yeah, do their I own, yeah, Windows Movie Maker, yeah, it's, yeah, because um, it's you know it's not super complicated. And if if you really wanted to, you could use like an iPhone. Absolutely, I know people that only have an iPod Touch. Okay. They record all the video on the iPod Touch. They edit an iMovie on their iPod Touch and upload it to YouTube. That's their whole YouTube studio in their iPod Touch. That's crazy. It's and- 2015. You know, I can't believe how much, my, I do believe it, but it's still kind of unbelievable how much money people make from YouTube. That's crazy. Do you, do you actually have the ads turned on? Do you make ad revenue as well? Yeah, so HD Piano recently became a partner, so we've been able to start monetizing some of our uh, videos. It's not that significant because we can't monetize all of them, uh-huh. but um, it's a small fraction of what we make off subscriptions. Okay. A small fraction. But it's still like a couple hundred bucks a month? or HD Piano just uh, maybe it was like 1400 last month. So, wow. You know what, $1,400, $1,400, and that's all profit. Yeah, that's that was revenues. all free because we weren't even making that a few months ago. So That's it's just, extra money. Yeah, it's just extra money. And that is literally enough to, to live in Chiang Mai and do whatever the heck you want. Absolutely. So YouTube works out, you get maybe one to $3,000 per million views. Okay. So you'd have to be getting over a million views a month to be able to live you know, the Thai lifestyle mm-hmm. off of that. So what I don't recommend, don't think of YouTube ads as like your end goal because you could be making 
double, triple, four, five, ten times that amount if you had an ebook or you had an online subscription service or even online coaching. So don't let YouTube ads be your end goal. Let that be like a bonus on the side, but build up your other muses and passive income on the side along the way. Because anyone who's making that much money off YouTube ads, they also have other streams of income. And if they're not, they can easily be making a lot more money. Way more. Do another ad. Yeah, no one's not doing that. Everyone is capitalizing on other things. I just saw a picture. I don't know if it's where it's backed up or not, but it says the average millionaire has seven streams of income. And you know what? Uh, many streams becomes a river. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. And that's the same way, you know, so... My YouTube channel wasn't monetized until a few months ago, which is like people were, you know, I think a few people I mentioned, they're like, why don't you turn on your ads? And I was like, oh, I don't care. And people are like, why, you know, why don't you care? You know, you, you get a lot of hits. And I actually got a bunch of emails from partner networks, um, not YouTube, but I forgot what they're called now. Yeah, the multi-network, multi-channel multi networks, MCNs. And, yeah. yeah, and I actually signed up for one mm. because... Um, they basically said, "Hey, we'll you know we'll do all the stuff for you," and I figured I was making zero from my YouTube channel now. Uh, so even if I give them twenty five percent or fifty percent or whatever it was, it's still better than nothing. Mm. And then, like literally the day I was going to send the you know sign a contract, I was like, "Well, why don't I just turn on my monetization myself?" Uh, because I think those networks are are good if you want to use their studio space. So let's say you live in LA and they have a studio space you can go in and you can actually hang out and network with other guys uh, and kind of, you know, follow their, their tips and advice. Then that might be worth it. But for me, like my YouTube channel has always been, I actually didn't, this is embarrassing. I didn't know that I had subscribers. <laughs> I literally used my YouTube channel just to upload videos so that I can link it on my Facebook, on my blog. <laughs> and one day um, I uploaded something and then I went to sleep without linking it anywhere. And I woke up and I was like, how did all these people find this video? <laughs> and some, somebody's like, oh, how many subscribers do you have? I'm like, what? You know, what subscribers, what is that? And then I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I have like a couple thousand people wow. subscribed to the channel. I had no freaking idea. Yeah, if you can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, and but the, here's the thing is, the, 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 the reason why I think people subscribe is you make good quality videos, you're consistent, and it's stuff that's kind of relevant. Yeah. You know, would you say those are the, the three main things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a formula now on YouTube. It's consistency is probably the most important thing. They recommend at least 2 to 3 videos a week mm. if you want to be serious and it, you need about a year or two of consistently doing that before you could be making a full-time income. But if you do that 2 to 3 videos a week of authentic, genuine content over one or two years, there's a really good chance you can develop a nice side or full-time income. So I'll share with everyone my two videos that had the most views that get, makes me the most money. I, I don't make a lot of money from YouTube ads, but even, actually, I honestly have no idea. It's, it's probably between 50 to $300 a month. And that's just me completely guessing because I have no idea. <clears throat> but uh, the two videos that I make the most is one uh, is a tiny home video that I made. Oh, nice. Where I was living in this bamboo hut down in Phuket. And one day I had, I was watching them build one. And I was fascinated by it. And, you know, and this is before the tiny house movement was going on, which you know, to me, I, I, I'm extremely interested in just because I think they're cool. Yeah, you know? minimalist style. And <laughs> I was watching them build this, and I just made a video saying, like, oh my god, like look, look how they're making the floor, look how they, you know, how, how they make this, and they built it in six hours, and they built it for like thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars, and I was like, wow, everybody should do this, and I just made a video and forgot about it, totally forgot about it, never linked it really anyway. I think I might have put it on my Muay Thai blog, which had nothing to do with um, minimalism at all. And 
all of a sudden, you know, what year or two years later, it's it's like the most popular video. And it's because it was something that genuinely I was interested in, I was passionate about, and I wanted to share with other people. That's the best. Those are the best content, best quality. Yeah, and the other video is my... So if you Google Chiang Mai apartment, for some some reason, my video pops up. Nice. And it was literally me a year and a half ago in a... In a Pretty cheap apartment. It's like $200 a month apartment here in Chiang Mai. And I was just so excited to have moved in. I made this video. I'm like, hey, check it out. You know, check out this room. Check out this fridge. Check out this, you know. And it's I, it's funny that my place now is, you know, literally twice the size and twice as nice. But I haven't made a video here because um, I think now it's kind of just like a normal apartment, mm. you know. But then I was like, this is such a good deal. You know, it's 200 bucks a month. And that is the second most popular video out there now. That's awesome. And so for your one minute a day videos, which ones are the ones that people like the most? Uh, a lot of my viewers, there's a couple different groups. A lot of them are like the four hour work week type. So mm -hmm. that how I made 25,000 last month is one of my really popular ones. Uh, a lot of popular ones related to like veganism. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another big group of people who follow me because I am four hour work week and I'm vegan. So mm -hmm. people are like, oh, what does this guy eat? And there's a couple vegan festivals that I went to in Chiang Mai. So those videos get a lot. So mostly the ones about four-hour work week, passive income, and then a lot of ones about sort of like the vegan lifestyle. I think I saw a video of uh, some banana girl. Yeah, Freely the Banana Girl. She's and, in Australia. And she ate like an entire watermelon over the course of an hour. Yeah, oh yeah, we eat a whole <laughs> watermelon. That's a perfect sized meal. Right, that's an, such a big big piece of fruit. But it is. It, they taste good, so yeah. why not? So, all right, my question is, yeah. uh, with this podcast, I don't know who your viewers are or, like, I don't know your audience really well, but what are some, like, objective, like, tips? What's the best advice I could offer them, like, based on what I'm doing with HD Piano with One Minute Day? Like, what do they want to know? What, what can I share with so, them? So, let's say you were going to start a new YouTube channel completely from scratch. You have no uh, subscribers. You know, you just have your point, you know, your basic point and shoot camera. Mm. You know, you have basic editing skills. You know, you're nothing crazy. You don't have a studio. You don't have a lot of money to get started. Mm. And you ha wanted to make a plan. You're like, I want this to be my, my muse. I want this to be my income mm. in the next three, I would say three to six months. Okay. What would you do? Oh, that's a, that's a great plan. We could definitely talk through that. Everyone's first camera should be their smartphone because yeah. the best camera is the one that's on you. So make sure that you have like a smartphone with a camera. And so the, the first thing you need to do is come up with a theme, you know, a name for your channel, what you're going to make videos about. So you got to think about what are you actually passionate about? Like what videos do you enjoy watching and what in videos might you enjoy making? So a good question to ask yourself is uh, what can you give people besides money and gifts? If someone came up to you with $100, what could you exchange for that $100 besides money and gifts? Could you teach them how to bench press? Could you give them a, a nutrition plan? Could you show them how to ride a bike up a mountain or whatever it is? What can you actually exchange of value with people and then make videos about that? And then just commit that you're going to do two or three videos a week for the next year or two years, however long it takes. So that's the first thing I would do is you know, figure out what is my content, what am I actually passionate about, what, what videos do I want to see, and then commit to making those. And I know a lot of people right now are thinking, oh, I don't have these skills, I don't have, you know, I'm not a licensed whatever, I'm not a, you know. But I guarantee you every single person that's listening to this has something that they can share with others. And it might be something that you think is kind of trivial and it's easy to you, but that's the perfect thing because if it's easy to you, that means you're pretty good at it and you could probably teach it. Yeah, and you don't need credentials. Like you mentioned Freely the Banana Girl. Mm -hmm. She's got about 300,000 subscribers on YouTube now. 
she's got an ebook. She made $25,000 in one day selling her ebook. 25,000 in one day. People think that's a lot for me to make in a month. She made it in one day. And she doesn't have any nutrition degree. She didn't even graduate from a university. I mean, she's just an average person who just has a way of eating and shares it. You know? I think that's what people want to see is not, you know, you you know, you being this this person on a pedestal you know, talking down on people. They want to see you live the life. And that's what's so good about YouTube, especially your format where you're doing these quick videos and showing you real life. People get to know you, they trust you, and they're like, well, you know what? I can be that guy. You know, there's no reason For why sure. anyone can't be me or you. You know, it's so, some people are like, well, I can't really be Elon Musk or I can't be a PhD, you know, professor because it's so out of their realm. But if they see the way that we live, you know, the things that we do, they're like, well, you know what? But I can see that working. I can see myself doing that in three to six months. Good. Yeah, definitely. So, and so the next step is you've started your channel and you've, you're uploading two, three videos a week. Like we said, it's it's not going to be until you're getting millions of views yeah. that you're living off YouTube income. So you have to start building up the next stream that's going to become a river. And that stream that I think the first step for a lot of people is just write an ebook. Okay. Open up Microsoft Word or whatever word processor and just start typing. Say you're going to type one page a day or I think Tim Ferriss's goal is two shitty pages a day. Yeah. <laughs> and he writes about two shitty pages a day. Just make that goal for yourself, two shitty pages a day. And what are you going to write about? Here's my tip. Imagine you're writing an ebook to your former self a year ago today. Mm. You're writing the ebook for yourself a year ago today. How have you uh, changed or grown or what have you learned in the last year that you can give yourself, you can send it back in time that would have helped you, prevented you from making some mistakes or given you a head start on where you are now. So just write with that in mind. You're writing to your former self a year ago or two years ago and just start writing one shitty page, two shitty pages a day. And once you just write, get 40, 50 pages, even 30 pages, whatever, you have an ebook that you can sell. So YouTube is going to be your way that you get your customers, but you have to have something to sell them. And I think the first step for a lot of people is that ebook. And then comes online coaching and then mm -hmm. I like step. that. And you know what? Even before that, once you're done with the first chapter, put it on uh, for free mm. and have it be part of your mail like mailing list. Like you can use MailChimp or something that's free. Mm. And then just start collecting your email addresses. So when you do finish the book, then you have something, a list to send to. Perfect, and you get feedback on your writing sooner, yeah, and it's a good freemium model. I, I like that a lot, yeah. Very cool, so okay, so now that you have your channel, you've you've dedicated you know, to uploading three videos a week, and you're gonna do this consistently, and you're doing this in the long term, you started writing two pages a day, how do you get your initial traffic? Well, I think you're, uh, uh, the best way that I've gotten traffic on YouTube is by piggybacking off of other topics or other YouTubers. Okay. So I'll make videos about other big YouTubers that are related to my topic. So I've made videos about Freely the Banana Girl or her boyfriend, Durian Ryder, or other big uh, people in the vegan movement. I'll make videos about them and you know put their name and their keyword, tag the crap out of it. <laughs> and some, a lot of times they found it. Uh -huh. When they find it, they share it and you see this huge spike in views and subscribers. So I would recommend, you know, maybe one out of those three videos every week. Make that like a targeted video where you're trying to reach into other markets. So like I talk about four hour work week and that's in the title. So mm -hmm. people searching for four hour work week stumble upon my channel. And if they like the content, they're likely to subscribe. So 
you know, two out of those three, make it just authentic, whatever you're feeling and mm -hmm. whatever you're into at the moment. But maybe one out of those three, you know, tag the crap out of it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and focus on reaching one of the other big YouTubers or one of the big trending topics of the day. That's very smart. And I would say the caveat to that is make sure that video is good and it's genuine yeah. and you're not, you know, talking crap about someone that you don't know anything about. Because here's the thing is, let's say you make a video that says why the four-hour work sucks or why Tim Ferriss you know, doesn't actually work four hours a week. Yeah, you will get some views, but those, those are not the audience members that you want. Because I guarantee you, those people with the negative mindset will never buy your product because they're the right. type that just don't buy stuff. Right. You, know, you want people who are optimistic and excited. And, you know, so if you make a positive video, you know, a, uh, about the four hour work week, or let's say you do a summary of it, or you're like, this is how I live the four hour work week and make it personal. Mm -hmm. Those people are much more likely to retweet you or to mention you again. Uh, and that's how you get the subscribers, not by just kind of just leeching, leeching from their fame. Right, I totally agree. Positivity beats negativity. Yeah, all day, right? Yeah. I like it. So uh, now, you know, it, I mean, this is kind of a, a long, long process right so they're thinking oh, yeah. you got to think you got to think one or two years just like you know with weight loss or fitness you know you didn't get here overnight it's not gonna fix itself overnight you gotta you gotta commit to the long term so you might have to keep your day job for a few months or whatever but it's definitely possible and there's no reason not to do it because i mean everything that we've talked about so far has doesn't cost a dime you probably have a smartphone already mm. you know you have if you have a mac you have imovie and it's free if you have mm. a windows you have movie maker and it's free mm. or just use a free app on your phone mm. um and in the beginning you know maybe it's not the best quality in the world but i would say look up you know lighting techniques and audio techniques because it does matter mm. I, would, I would say especially in this day and age mm. you know proper lighting proper you know audio really matter nobody wants to listen to to bad quality anymore. right uh, so, but that's, you know, things like that really don't cost much money. Like, no. you know, this mic it, uh, is the most expensive USB mic, but it's still 125 bucks. So it's not that big of an investment, right. but you could start with your iPhone mic, which is very good if it's up close and close to your mouth. Yeah. And it's terrible if it's three feet away. Yeah. And that doesn't cost you any more money to have it close to you. Yeah, so to get a microphone like this, people just have to say, all right, here's one weekend of not going out and partying, and they can get a high-quality podcast mic like this. But yeah, I totally agree. I would add one thing to the thing about uh, quality. I would say in the beginning, quantity will be more important than quality. Like you want to just practice making videos, get in that cadence of making and uploading videos in the beginning. Uh, because people's first videos are not going to be the best, even if they do read up on lighting. Like the quality aspect, I think will naturally come over time. In the beginning, just make sure you're getting the quantity. Make sure you're hitting those three videos a week, and then yeah, eventually the lighting will improve, the quality will improve. Uh, but don't not make a video because you don't have a DSLR camera or you don't yeah. have three-point lighting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like so, for for lighting, I'll say in the beginning, do something like when you're outdoors. Just have the sun face you. Yeah, right. <laughs> simple thing like that. Yeah, and you know, if you're in your house and it's dark, you know, have one light pointed towards you. And, yeah. You know, it, who cares about the shadows behind you? Who cares about stuff like that? But uh, yeah, definitely, I, I I agree. You know, don't don't not do it because right. it, you it's better to have consistently three videos a week than to have one crappy one. Yeah. So one uh, free tip about lighting. Uh, I made a video about this too. But if you want to get professional amazing quality color and lighting for free you take advantage of what photographers call the golden hour 
maybe you've heard of the golden hour. It's about one hour after sunrise mm -hmm. and one hour before sunset when the sun is kind of low in the sky. That's when all the colors pop and you'll get this really nice glowing skin color. It'll hide your blemishes. It's like amazing. It's like amazing pro lighting. So you got to wake up early one day or just uh, make sure you're up, you know, an hour before sunset and take advantage of the golden hour lighting. Uh, it's free pro lighting. Just make yeah. sure you're outside. Very good tip. And you know what? If anything, that kind of gives you a time frame. You're like, okay, this is the time I need to make my video. Yeah. So I know your videos are very short, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they're between one minute and three minutes. Or... Yeah, yeah, usually, yeah. What made you decide on that and versus like a longer video? Uh, I think it was basically because I was watching a lot of people that were making these really long videos. I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. I just wanted to have, I wanted to have my videos feel like an advertisement for the vegan movement or for the four hour work week movement. I wanted them to inspire people to take action but not take up all their time. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the main inspiration. I just wanted, and the ADD kind of culture that yep. not a lot of people have the ability to sit down and watch a 10, 15 minute video. So I used to have, you know, super long videos. I remember I had this underwater video of me diving at one of the best dive sites in the world, Sipperton. It was like 15 minutes and I, it was such good footage that I didn't want to cut anything out. And I realized, you know, nobody watches the whole thing. Like even my best friends, even myself, I can't watch <laughs> the whole thing. So now all my videos lately have been three minutes. That's kind of my, my cutoff. And I actually named a lot of them like three minutes in Budapest or three minutes in Berlin. Nice. But what I do is for people that want to see more, I always have a link to a blog post, which where I do, and I call them like Johnny's Guide to Budapest or Johnny's Guide to South Africa. Where in that, there's going to be maybe a couple different video link, uh, and videos embedded in it, uh, a full blog post, which I write, all the details, all the photos. And that way, if someone wants more, they can have more. That's great. You have kind of both then. Yeah. yeah. I def definitely think so. I mean, so when someone comes on your one minute a day channel, what would you like them to do? Subscribe. Okay. <laughs> Subscribe and... Uh, whatever they're there for you know uh subscribe and comment leave a comment what kind of stuff you like to see and you know i make videos every day so you might see it the next day so if you're into like four hour work week or minimalism or the vegan lifestyle at all maybe you don't even know what vegan means but you'll get all that on my channel they're short fast-paced videos that usually leave you with something of value every day and if anything else maybe you get to live vicariously and see what it's like to live in Thailand. And if anything, it's good for people to do that for a while while they're, while they're at their normal job and just not kind of, not forget. It was actually funny, I was at dinner, um, no, I was camp no, I was camping the other day and we're sitting around the campfire and the four people that were sitting there, they all came because of each other to, to Thailand. Mm -hmm. And I think it started with Ben. So Ben Finnegan, he was one of the episodes, I don't remember. But he had listened to this guy named Devere's podcast, this 19-year-old kid from Israel who I interviewed, who had read my book, decided to do some kind of online business. And then he's like, well, I'm here in Chiang Mai. I'm 19. I'm from Israel. And I somehow you know, started a company in the US and I'm making enough to travel now. So Ben, who is 26 at the time, and he was already making $1,000 a month from his dropshipping store, he was like, well... If, if this guy's doing it, like, what, what is stopping me from coming? I've already been to Thailand. I know I like it. I already make money. Like, what, like, why am I so scared to come? So when Ben came, um, who, who was, in, I think it was, it was someone else, had listened to that episode, and he was like, well, you know what? If this guy can do it, I can do it. So it was almost like a chain reaction. And they were all on that camping trip? They were all on this camping trip. That's and there's funny. like four people. And it's, it was, it's almost like insane to think about it. And... I told I you know I made a joke saying 
the whole reason why I, I started to travel like a boss is because I wanted to have like-minded friends uh, to come out here you know and you guys are now my friends so it was all you know it's all planned out for that's us to become awesome. best friends that's awesome yeah I think it's great if the listeners can get inspired by this because I don't know how long you've been doing this but for me you know two and a half years ago I was probably worse off than a lot of your listeners you know just working a full-time job that I couldn't stand and just didn't really have any prospects I thought but it was just by hearing about the four-hour work week and seeing other people were doing it I was like man I could I can make that happen and I just made that decision like I'm gonna do videos every week I'm gonna build this up I'm gonna make a subscription service and it's gonna work so how long uh, so you you started with the YouTube channel and it was you teaching everything yeah and was it monetized right away no I mean it, it was I didn't have a clear business model at all until I read the four-hour work week and then I had the idea to do the online subscription model but before that no I was I was dabbling around I was selling like the video files for a while and you know I was making a hundred bucks a month here and there but once I realized I'll do the freemium model I'll teach the full song you got to pay for it and uh, it all came together at the same time and so now that you're not teaching anymore you have you have you said you have a couple instructors that teach it yeah so the first step was I was doing it all myself Mm -hmm. the first thing uh, Tim teaches you to, to outsource you know, the, your biggest like bottlenecks or the things that you uh, dread doing the most. And I realized for me that was the video editing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I had to sit down and edit the videos that I just spent hours recording, I was like, oh, this is a pain. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to record more videos because I didn't want to edit them. So uh, first thing I did was outsource the editing. I found an editor on elance.com or Odesk who would edit my videos for like eight bucks a piece, which would have saved me hours. Wow, Saved nice. me hours for eight bucks a piece. So that allowed me to create more videos and not have to worry about the editing. Then the next piece was I found another instructor, a piano instructor. That was through a friend of a friend, it just pinging my network. Does anyone know a guy who's good at piano who can teach and found someone? Oh, yes, my buddy's been teaching for years. So I met him and showed him what I was doing and, and made an offer and got him on board. So once I had an instructor who was recording the lessons, uploading those lessons to an editor who was editing, editing them for me, then all I had to do was upload them and put them on the site and that's when things really took off once I had those two pieces outsourced uh, everything just skyrocketed but you know in the beginning it was good that I understood the whole process and I did it all myself maybe it was useful in the beginning but once I started to delegate and find people that were more talented than me oh man it just skyrocketed I got such good advice especially to start on your own in the beginning so you understand what kind of goes into it I think that one of the problems people have with outsourcing is they try to outsource stuff that they can't do themselves right. or they don't understand at all so it's hard to give proper instruction you know you might ask someone to do something that's impossible or you might make their job a million times harder so like even for video editing for example if you can do the most basic video editing you'll understand okay you know what maybe like when I um, when I record, I should have a you know a pause for a second before I start talking. Just make it easier for other people to edit and mm-hmm. things like that. You don't really pick up on unless you've done it yourself. Exactly. So you can make their job easier. The videos come out better. They can do it faster, so it end up being cheaper for you. Uh, and the second part where you're talking about finding more talented people than you, it's crazy you know to think well this guy's you know such a good piano teacher. Why doesn't he do it himself? And it's because many people who are really talented at one thing suck at the internet <laughs> right you know like this guy that you know i don't know these people but i'm willing to bet they're great piano that's their passion but they're probably not good at video editing they're probably not good at business marketing they're you mm. know not good at you know creating a member site so now they get a I, i'm assuming you give them like a, a percentage or a share or a flat rate every month yeah basically yeah 
And you know they're happy to teach for you because they yeah. they get money. And they didn't have to come up with the system. They don't have to manage the website. They don't have to pay other people. It's it's yeah. We take for granted that yeah, he's a really talented piano instructor, but he doesn't want to trouble himself with the rest of the business. You know that's that's what entrepreneurs do is we create the system that other people can plug into. And that is genius. Yeah. I, I really think so. So the back end of the actual membership software, what do you use? Uh, I, I still use, and what I use in the beginning is just WordPress. Mm-hmm. It's a WordPress back end, and I use uh, WooCommerce. Mm-hmm. It's a free plugin to handle all your e-commerce. So WooCommerce does all the back end. It's a great free plugin for any people using uh, WordPress. And then I also have some plugins from WooThemes. They make WooCommerce. They also have Woo subscriptions or WooCommerce subscriptions. So that allows you to have like certain pages on your site that are only accessible by paid subscribers. Mm-hmm. So with a WordPress site, I paid I think $200 for my theme and WooCommerce and WooCommerce subscriptions. You know, it was like a few hundred dollar investment to create an asset that makes 30,000 a month. Yeah, that's mean, crazy. It's it's ridiculous the leverage you get with technology these days. It's ridiculous. And is there like a monthly, like how much is your monthly expenses actually? Uh, fixed expenses would be like, my website hosting is still only 100 bucks a month, believe it or not. Okay, nice. It's only 100 bucks a month to host the website. And all the videos as well? Uh, I use uh, Vimeo Pro, okay. which is a great tip for anyone who wants to do a freemium video model. Is Vimeo Pro allows you to host basically unlimited HD videos, unlimited plays, for 199 bucks a year. And, wow. and you can restrict it so the videos can only be played on your domain. So no one can go sharing your links and, I mean, anything could be pirated, but uh, Vimeo Pro is a great solution. 199 bucks a year to restrict access to your uh, video content. So I got 99 bucks a month in hosting, 199 a year for Vimeo Pro. And uh, I also, I mean, then I have all my you know contractors and employees, but that's, you know. That's, that's cool. I mean, like it's, I mean, Imagine if you had a, a music studio. So let's say you wanted to start a, you know, an actual uh, piano studio in the U.S. Somewhere. Oh gosh, it would be so expensive. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, and rent and all that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, and this is basically an online music studio, hmm. but people can do it from anywhere. So it's actually better for the students. Yeah. Uh, your expenses are so much lower, so and low. it allows you to travel. And, and live kind of wherever you want. Yeah, it's amazing. I have the dream job and it's just amazing. I, oh, I wanted to say one more thing about what yeah. we were talking about before about how it's good if you can do the full thing yourself in the beginning. I just want to add one more thing. It's kind of, it might embarrass some of your listeners, mm-hmm. but I'm sure a lot of your listeners are guilty of this, of having that great app idea. Yeah. Like, oh man, I have this great app idea. All I need to do is find this developer and, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make a million dollars. But if they can't do it themselves, if they've never made a piece of software, even a website, uh-huh. and now they want to jump into making this multi-million dollar application that's going to change the world, you know, you're getting in over your head if what you need to do is outsource the whole idea. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to do, if not all of it, most of it yourself or have the experience. But I, I used to actually, in my previous life, I had an app development company. Okay. And people would always call me, I got this great idea, can you make it? Or I got this great app idea, and it's like, Come on, guys. It's like you're, you're going in over your head. Yeah. So think about something that's realistic for you based on your talent, skills, and experience. And I'm sure you can find something. You know, I was, it's one of the hot you know, things that was going on for a while is people should make SaaS uh, products, which yeah. is service as a subscription. Software as a service. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Software as a service. Yeah. And so basically you make an app or a piece of software where you know you think people need and then they're like no programming needed you know you just outsource the whole thing you know you find you know you find someone to make it for you and it sounded 
great. You're like, oh, great. I don't, need to, I don't need to know how to program. I can just make this. But the problem with that is, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing, you might just end up spending 10 grand or, you know, even a couple thousand dollars having someone make you the software and you have no idea how to, you know, what actually goes into it. And it's just, to me, it's, it's not a smart business model. Yeah. Just try to make the most basic, basic, basic version yourself and see if people like it. And what I really like about the YouTube model is you have a free audience, free video hosting, you know, because if nobody's going to watch your free videos, nobody's going to sign up for your paid subscription. Right, right. So it's very easy to, f- to quickly find out. I mean, I would say not quickly as in, you know, maybe it might take a few months to kind of wrap up your subscribers, but you can quickly find out, are people even watching these videos? Exactly. You know, or do they like enough to comment? And then the next step can be the free ebook download. If nobody's going to download your free ebook, nobody's going to buy the ebook. So yeah. don't even finish writing the book. Yeah. You know? Good advice. Yeah. Just test, you know, test fast, test fast. Yeah. So I guess it sounds like most of your listeners might be likely to do the whole YouTube model and the ebook model. And what last thing I would say to close that up is that just get started. I started my YouTube channel almost exactly a year ago today, and I had no idea where it would take me. I mean, my, my channel has changed, my theme has changed, I've collaborated with some huge channels, have some amazing opportunities, but in the beginning, I had no idea it was going to go in that direction. When I started, I thought my channel is going to be this, but then very quickly, you go in different directions and you have different opportunities, but you're only going to get those opportunities if you get started. So if you're thinking about it and you're like, oh, could I succeed, could I do it? Just get started, just get started. Make that first video, even if it's just talking about your shoes. Just make that first video and just get started. You you have no idea where it's gonna take you. I have so much more purpose in life and drive now that has come from this channel, which didn't even exist a year ago. So get started, guys. And you know, this is great as one of the first episodes for, actually the first episode for 2015. You know, it's what do you wanna do this year? And if, you, if you're not sure, you know what? Start with the YouTube channel because it's free. It's, it'll teach you a lot of basic skills because everyone needs to know how to make a basic video, do a basic editing, you know, upload, you know, maybe even make a really basic website for someone to go to, uh, you know, and so start, start, you know, collecting emails. That's actually one of the biggest things I'm guilty of is I didn't start collecting emails till like literally two months ago. And I've sent three emails total so far in my entire internet marketing career i've only sent three emails uh and it's because i you know i was like ah you know i don't want to i don't want to bombard people i don't want to spam people they want they want something they'll find it but here's the thing is people are busy and they sometimes forget they want that that email reminder of hey you know check out this trip you know to south africa or check out this new uh you know interview that i did with sean you know, people like that stuff. So you know? what, what tool would you recommend for capturing emails? So the best is, is, a, is Aweber, but Aweber. I, I honestly, I use MailChimp. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's free, it's a nice interface, it works. You know, there's even sites like like Mad Mimi, you know, all these mm-hmm. other random ones. And uh, But I would say in the beginning, just use whatever because you can always export the, the email contacts. Um, and there's no reason to spend, let's say, $120 a year on Aweber if you're not going to make $120 back from it. Hmm. So start with something free like MailChimp, but just have something, you know, and that's the other thing I would say, be consistent with that as well. Because hmm. the only problem with the YouTube subscribers is, you know, you can have, how many subscribers do you have now? On uh, Piano Lessons, almost a quarter million and one minute a day, I just hit 5,000. Well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And, you know, and these are, these subscribers are awesome. You know, just like having, you know, uh, people that liked your Facebook page, but the problem is you're at their mercy. 
So any day they can decide, hey, now if you want the videos to show your subscribers, you have to pay us. And they could do that any day, and there's nothing you could do about it. You know, just same thing happened to Facebook. You know, the likes used to mean everything. Now likes almost mean nothing. Where you can have you know a quarter million people that like your page, and only twenty thousand might even see your post unless you boost it and pay money for it. So, but the email address you will always own. So I would highly recommend to everyone, you know, to have your have it, you know, have your own、um, email list because. It's one of those things I personally hated to do,、uh, and I still don't, you know, use it as much as I should. But there's no reason not to have it. It's free, and it really is. You, you'll you'll thank me、um, a year from now when you have this big list, and YouTube or Facebook decides to to change their model. There you go. 2015. It's a big year. Man, what are your what are your goals for this year, by the way? Oh man. Mostly, my goals are related to health and fitness. Actually,、mm-hmm. uh, just getting into cycling, just getting. Fit. Like I have some really good goals for cycling, so I'm I'm on Strava. That's the application for track tracking fitness, and、uh, one minute a day reaching twenty five thousand subscribers, five hundred percent growth. Everyone check it out and subscribe to that now. And、uh, yeah, just keep doing, living the dream, man. I got oh this year I, I'm going to be in Thailand,、uh, Korea, Australia, Hawaii, mainland U.S. I mean, it's it's, it's a dream. It's a dream yeah, yeah, you have a lot going on. I like it. Yeah, so with one minute a day, you get to see like where I go, my travels, and and all that kind of stuff. I I like it a lot. So my goals,、uh, just put it out there for everyone, is I think I just want to chill out a little bit. I, was, I had a really busy 2014. I wrote up a so I've been writing these income reports. In the beginning, it was because everyone kept asking for it, but now I force myself to do it because I have no idea what's going on with my business unless I actually. Take the time to to write it down and look at it. So, on this last one, this December one, I wrote out you know everything I did for the last year, and I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe, you know, like there was countries I left out that I went to that because I just forgot I went to them, and like businesses that I've started that I completely forgot about. But、uh, this year,、uh, so me and Larissa had just started our new、uh, dropshipping store because I wanted her, my Larissa, my girlfriend, and she was a teacher, English teacher. And she wasn't able to travel with me because she had a normal job and she didn't have enough money to, to travel and she didn't want me paying for her. So we, I said, okay, you know what? Let me let me show you. I basically gave her access to Anton's course, which is what I use to learn how to dropship. And I said, here, watch the video, and then I can help you with anything. So now she has her own store, which just started、um, making the sales over Christmas, and now it's. It's actually pretty crazy. I think it might actually do better than my store,、wow. which is weird because we just chose higher price products. So today, I think she had like a three thousand dollar sale,、wow. and she's on the plane from South Africa here to Chiang Mai. And she's gonna the first thing she's gonna see when she turns on her phone is a three thousand dollar order. She's gonna be like, "Oh my freaking god!" Wow, that's so powerful. So I'm I'm so glad to be able to share this these things. You know, not only with you know you guys listening, but also my personal. You know my family members, my girlfriend, and I want everyone to be able to travel and do these things. And so, Sean, you know, I think you, with your, you know, with what you share with YouTube, everybody can do that. There's literally、Absolutely. no reason why you guys can't do that. You know, if if you go to my blog under my recommended resources, I literally list out every single thing I use. You know, and I update it if I stop using something. So it's the information is out there. Yeah, I mean, here's the first video idea. Someone who doesn't even have a channel, create a channel and make a video. Get your 
cell phone out, mobile phone, get in the selfie mode and record yourself. Talk about this podcast and use, you know, Johnny's uh, podcast name. Use one minute day in the title. You'll you'll steal some of our viewers through the keywords and, you know, just talk about what you learned on this podcast and talk about your goals for 2015. There's a four minute video. Kick off your YouTube channel. You got it right there. I like it. So, Sean, if people want to keep in touch, how can they get do that? I think the best way is to just search one min a day, one minute a day on YouTube, and subscribe to me there. Or you can go to one minute day dot com. Uh, I can give you my email address. You can put it down in the show notes if you want to do that. But uh, yeah, just follow me on YouTube and leave me a comment. Very cool. So I'll have a link to to your channel uh, on the show notes. This is episode sixty one of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. You can find my blog at johnnyfd.com. Sean, thank you for being on the show. I gotta go pick up Larissa from the airport. That sounds good. Thanks for having me, man. I'll see you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.